Welcome to another episode of the Stuff and Things Podcast. On tonight's episode, uh, we're really going to live up to our name, and we're going to be talking a lot of stuff and a lot of things, and uh, just kind of bouncing all over the board tonight on some Nebraska-Iowa recap, um, bowl games, Heisman Trophy, top 150 coaches list. We're going to go all over the place. Um, So make sure you stay tuned, and we'll be right back after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. While every shelter pet is unique, some love a good game of fetch, others would rather snuggle together on the couch, there is one thing that they all have in common. All of those guys, those little furry little friends, are pure love. Right now today, millions of pets in shelters and rescues across the country are waiting to be adopted. In fact, this is a, an issue that's pretty near and dear to my heart. My wife actually does a lot of volunteer work and fundraising for the Furry Friends Refuge here in the Des Moines area, which is the only no-kill shelter here uh, in, in kind of central Iowa. So oftentimes I think, you know, this time of year people like to give uh, little puppies, little kitties as presents, but a lot of times those uh, grow up to be dogs and cats and end up right back in shelters. And in fact, 44% of dogs and 47% of cats in American homes come from animal shelters and rescue groups. So if you're thinking about getting a pet this holiday season, make sure to visit the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States. All right, it's good to be back after a short hiatus, a little holiday break, uh, Thanksgiving break, if you will. We've uh, it's been since before Thanksgiving, since we last convened and spoke, and a nice Hawkeye victory over the Huskers. Um. It was a good day, chilly day, but a good day. It was a good day. It was a good, good day. day. It was just like the last time I was there. Yeah, and and, and the time before. And pretty and was it time for that? Maybe not time for that. I don't know. I'm not well, going to. 2015. Yeah. 2015. Oh yeah, that was that was not fun to be there, but it was fun to be there because they won. But basically, ended up just like last year's game, last second field goal. Yeah, really, kind of a mirror uh, image in that it, way. Like Iowa gets out, gets rolling. Felt like they were going to take. Like felt like they could just steamroll them. And then, uh, I mean, really, you take away the the pick six, and without spotting them seven points, yeah, uh, Iowa could have been up three touchdowns at halftime. Uh, how, how did you find your experience with the 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 uh, Big Red Faithful? Um, they weren't bad. Other, other than the company we we chose to keep, yeah, th- th- those we know well. There, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was a mainly Iowa section that we were in. Um, we you were kind of up in the corner. Yeah, we were. Uh, we were uh, actually when I rewatched the game. Um, you could, they showed our section on TV and we actually got on TV nice. the first touchdown because it's where they were throwing all the 
black and gold confetti. It was actually really funny because after the game was over, when it takes 8 million years to walk out of the end zone mm-hmm. to get back down to the concourse, people must have had a bunch of leftover black and gold confetti because they just started throwing it. That's and crazy. all the Husker fans that were stuck there waiting to get out of their <laughs> seats were just getting pelted. It was raining down on them. With black and gold confetti. So it, that was quite comical. Yeah, I, the I confetti was that. flying a little bit better than those red balloons were. That, that was a weird kind yeah, of... That I mean, was, that was just a weird thing yeah. where... After the after the and I, and I've never figured out do they do it after this, the first score or the touchdown? First I think it's touchdown? just the first time they score because th- there was, some, it was a field goal, wasn't it? It, it, was, it was a field, a field goal. goal. They let it go, and then there there were definitely some balloons hanging out there uh, after the pick six. So I don't know if those people were just you know incredible optimists or what. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, like the balloons just sunk down. Yeah, it was so, so cold it was and so windy. Cold, and, yeah. You know the cold air sinking thing. I'm not a science guy, but yeah, yeah the kind of were just it's like science. hovering. Yeah, people would let the. I think they had to clear. Hover. I think they they had to clear a few off. Yeah, they, off they the were court. getting right in the middle of the uh, of the play or the field of play. Absolutely. But uh, the game itself, I mean, it, I kind feel like it was. I mean, besides the comeback, but I feel like it was kind of what we maybe expected. Close game, um, hard fought game. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska's defense definitely livened up. In the second half, I don't know if it was more so that or Iowa's offense oh, kind of turtling. Obviously yeah, I think that's what it was. Because the guy I was sitting next to at halftime, we were talking about it, and he said, do you think they're going to do anything in the second half? Or do you think, you know, I said, I bet it's cold. It's going to be a Kirk Ferentz just boa constrict the shit out of the game and just bleed the clock try out. to bleed the clock out. I mean, Goodson did go out and didn't come back yep. uh, Got a little in the ankle, third quarter. Ankle thing or which, something like which, that. Which uh, I think was a pretty, a pretty significant... Uh, uh, had it had his pretty significant influence on the game just because certainly throughout the first I mean the first fifty eight minutes yep fifty nine minutes uh, the the passing game really for both teams was was non existent so uh, for him to go out who had really been kind of the the spark not only on the on the big touchdown run that he burst but just in yeah, terms of fun. being able to to move the sticks and get good chunks uh, he was having a lot of success so uh, and Torn came in and did some of the same Makai had a big a couple of runs. Yep. Uh, and fumble maybe, was unfortunate. Yeah, and maybe even a big. Uh, did he have a reception? I'm trying to think off of a screen towards the end. There. That one that he. Well, that was that right, a, right before was that he a fumbled? run? Was that a run that where he did get horse collared? Yeah, but right before he fumbled. Yeah. Yeah, it was a run. So I mean, the the, the running game was working more mm-hmm. or less. Um, but uh, yeah, it all comes down to I think the the last, really the, the last two minutes of the game. I thought I was going to have took a stroke. forever. Thought I was going to have a stroke or a heart attack between. Just the the alternating possessions and then the targeting and then uh, which still start, should have been targeting started with the fumble. Um, yep. Nico Regani catch and I don't no know what, catch. I don't know what's a catch anymore. Uh, yeah, it, it was just a wild two minutes. I just I could feel my heart beating out of my chest. And of course, I, I was sitting in a very predominantly. I was gonna say how was how was your section was as far as the uh, it was bad. Faith, uh, faithful. The the three guys ahead of us were, uh, were had enjoyed themselves quite a bit prior to the game. You could tell, and of course. One thing that is different uh, in Lincoln than it is in Iowa City, uh, you, you can leave and, uh, and come leave back. Leave at so, time and come back in. Um, yep. Ross yep. said the guys that uh, uh, our friend who we were with uh, and I was sitting with said the guys in front of them are, are pretty well known for leaving, going to having a few, and then coming back. But when Iowa jumped out to a big lead, they left in the first quarter and they never came back. <laughs> uh, and, and these were, I mean, these were season ticket holders. So I don't know if they just had enough. And it wasn't that pleasant of a day. We were lucky enough no. to be underneath an overhang, so we were. Oh, that's nice. We were completely dry. And it wasn't. It never really was like. It felt like a hard rain. It was just kind of annoying mists, mm-hmm. kind of drizzle the whole time. Um, but now some of these calls, though, 
I mean, the, the refs just had a bad day. Period. It was, I'm, it I'm was not, not good. And I, I haven't gone back and watched it on TV. Uh, you know, to kind of see. Of course, you see the replays of the clips that they put on Twitter of the, of the, uh, you know, the Regini non-catch catch. That, the, that was really annoying. The sergeant horse collar. You know, kind of the big plays, but. They just had, they were struggling all day. I mean, yeah, the horse collar, what, there was some explanation like, well, he was pulled forward. I yeah, saw that, that out that, there. That, that's what, I think that's what the, the officials even said. That makes, that it's still horse collar. Yeah. I don't understand. So, oh, so you, if, you, if you advance somebody on a horse collar tackle, it doesn't count. And then the catch, too, I mean, got, he secured it, forearm down, knee down, rolls over, ball pops out. I don't, it just, it doesn't it, make any sense. Yeah, that, that seemed to me like one that, the call on the field would have stood regardless. So, like, whatever the initial call was, they would have had to have stuck with, but apparently not. To me, because to me, it's like if you're as a runner, if you reach the ball over the goal line, say you dive and reach over and you land down on the ground and the ball pops out uh, out of your hands, it's still a touchdown. Because yeah. when you break the plane, it, the play's dead. That's so that, that's that Zach Ertz rule from a few years yeah, ago. So right? why is it when if if one of your extremities that when you when it hits the ground and you're considered down, why is the play not dead right there? Yeah, it's yeah. it just makes no sense. And, and I think there I can see a little bit of a distinction if it's like a if you're right on out of bounds or falling out of bounds or something like that, or if you if you never had possession to begin with and are, are kind of bottling it and then regain it simultaneously with being down or inbounds or something like that, but. Yeah, that was that not was, this. That was, and the targeting it, it was contact, forcible contact above the head or, or above the shoulders, which is what it was. Amir, Amir, to his credit, did he did shouldn't play have been, it up? Yeah, he and the the dude whoever made the hit shouldn't have been ejected, but it still should have held up his targeting. Targeting is targeting. Yeah, yeah. I, and speaking of Amir, what what a game for him! Oh man, mean, uh, between the 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 run, the reverse, <clears throat> the reverse for the first touchdown, the kickoff return. Immediately after the pick six, yep, yeah, that uh, was huge. And of course the big, the big catch. I mean, he just had the, the trifecta of of big plays there in terms yep. of being able to do it from all aspects. And you're waiting for Amir to break a kickoff at some point. God, I feel like I've been saying that. Like, I know. Just about we, every, I think everybody week, had every other week. But man, it, it, it finally and it picked a great time to do it. Couldn't have been better. But his catch, yeah, his catch on that last drive was, or he's almost jumped too early, and he kind of like. Stretch to go up and get that ball, and then to me it was kind of reminiscent of the same type of catch against Iowa State. Uh, yeah, kind of that long the third and twenty, whatever. Yeah, that yep. long conversion that they really, really needed at that time. Yep. It, it kind of feels like the same play, middle of the field, yep. sort of thing. And then yeah, for them to come right back, running the I believe the exact same play. Yeah, just basically kind of the same play, just a different guy. Yeah, I mean that's two years in a row now that Nebraska's been burned by an Iowa linebacker to get in position uh, for a game-winning field goal. They gave Hawkinson all that cushion last year on a fourth down. Yep. And he got got that, and then Laporta with that big one. But Keith Duncan, dude, I mean, those field goals that he hit the with the weather and everything, I mean, he was just, he was nails. Fan of the kiss? Not a fan of the kiss? I'm, I'm yeah. And they could have flagged it. I don't give a shit if they would have flagged it. It would have been a dead ball foul. I think he, I think he legitimately thought the game was probably over. I think Not so. That there was I think so second, too. You know, I think yeah. After he kind of did the arms out and the standing, he probably saw there was a second left, and I'm sure inside he kind of went, "Oh shit! Oh damn it! Oh, that was Kirk maybe is going to be pissed. Kirk's going to chew my ass." But like I said, it was. He could have thrown the flag. All it would have done was advance the kickoff ahead. Yeah, the whatever. game was over. Yeah. So Scott Frost can boohoo all he wants, but God, go throw more of his players under the bus. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's a, the little, Steve, a little pissy. He's the Steve Alford of 
college football coaches yeah, he, at this he, point. It feels like he's starting to crack a little bit, you know, just under the, the you know, probably the pressure that is self-imposed as oh. well as all the, the chatter from the, the, the Big Red Nation there. Yep. So, but yeah, you just hate to see that, you know, 5-7, and seven, no bowl eligibility. I mean, the last time they went to a bowl, they were 5-7, and seven, weren't they? I think, yeah, um, they qualified on a 5-7 and seven Yeah, year. based on that API score or whatever when yeah. there weren't enough six-win teams. But anyway, yeah. enough about them. Lincoln was a good time. It was a good you time. should have stayed... Should have stayed that I night. Say, uh, how, how was nightlife in Lincoln? We that night? we, uh, we did all right. We did all right. We stayed at the Courtyard downtown, which is a pretty new development, a pretty new hotel. It's, I think I've stayed there before. It's kind of right halfway in between like Pinnacle Bank Arena and Memorial Stadium, so pretty easy walk to to both. And uh, on the ground level has a blue sushi, uh, yep, blue I have, sushi uh, spot. So I've stayed there before. We, it is uh, a very nice hotel. We went down, enjoyed some sake amongst friends, and. Uh, Ooh. Let, let the evening continue. That's a good. That's a good uh, way to start the night, yes. right there. Yes. Do some piano bar action. Oh uh, yeah! Oh shit! Yeah. That's right. We did. Trust. I was trying I, to remember I, what else say, we did. I remember. I think I remember the Snapchat from you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brewski's downstairs had a nice little piano bar, and uh, definitely was outnumbered there, but it was a good time out in Lincoln. And then you cracked a beer the next morning, and I thought you were a crazy person. Oh yeah, that, that was. I didn't finish it needless to say. That's but, a good. That's yeah, probably. I was good really thing. just trying to give a hard time to the Nebraska fans in the room. Because they were they were hurting a little bit. They're injured. They're injured bad. Quite so. Uh, well, where that all ends up after much speculation and a fair amount of certainty, but not being official until it was official, it will be the holiday the holiday bowl. bowl. So San Diego, just like many had hoped for, even uh, there were a lot of projections preseason. Yeah, that said the that said holiday. So it, it almost even felt like you know that uh, getting that ninth win might have elevated them to the citrus, perhaps even. Uh, it's but, okay that it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- those projections were really kind of making me nervous on Saturday when they were talking, you know, Iowa in the Citrus Bowl versus uh, Alabama. Don't know if yeah. you've heard of them. Yeah. So I was just fine seeing them, you know, in a destination where, and, you know, just, I, I didn't Tampa again, right? Or where's the Citrus Bowl? Orlando. Not Tampa. Orlando. Could have been, yes. Could have been both Iowa and Iowa State in Orlando. But just, just another days Florida Bowl, I think. People were ready for a break, a new change of scenery. Obviously, hadn't been out in California uh, since the Rose Bowl in 2015 and hadn't been to the Holiday Bowl since 91. Yep, which so, ended in a tie. Yes, yeah. Oddly enough. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not going to happen this year. I'm, I'm with that. But, uh, yeah, against a USC squad that's perhaps a vulnerable. bit... Vulnerable? Vulnerable, a bit underwhelming this year. Not, had, had not been, motivated, maybe, at this been, point? Well, I, or maybe they are, because they, they'd had the reports, there were reports after the... I think it was after the regular season finale that Todd Helton was no longer going to be asked oh, back Helton. as a coach. Clay Helton. Todd, Todd Helton. Todd Helton's not coach. He, he's also definitely not the, cl- yeah, the he's coach. Definitely for not. Sure. He's definitely He's not being asked back. Where, wherever he is, he is definitely not coaching USC yes. football. Yes. But uh, and, and then, of course, those reports were refuted. He is still the coach. It's kind of where does USC it's kind go of a lame there? duck coach at this point, maybe? Cause... So it, it'll be interesting to see kind of just what that dynamic looks like. I think Iowa uh, has you know all the motivation in the world to – to get to that kind of elusive 10-win season, mm-hmm. that double-digit win season. Uh, USC probably can't be too excited about a destination that's kind of right down the road I mean, from yeah, them against some two-hour drive. Some team from the Midwest that likes to run the ball and play defense, kind of not their their style, not going to be a sexy yep. game as far as you know their program or their fans are concerned. So early projections say Iowa with like a two-and-a-half, mm-hmm. uh, three-point margin, depending on if you're feeling frisky, but... Uh, it's going to be kind of a strength on strength. Yeah, and uh, I and I hope that I think I think the fans will travel to this. I don't. I I would love to be able to go. Um, this is where I was kind of hoping Iowa would have ended up 
last year. Or... Would have been nice. Yeah, would have been nice, it would have right? been. Uh, I mean, it's only. I did look today. It's only a, a twenty-six hour drive. I mean, that can be done. That can be done all in one fell swoop. Yeah, I mean, it would be. It'd be a fun road trip from Central Iowa, no doubt. Um, but that might be asking too much. But flights out there are. It's like nine hundred bucks a person. I think I saw a round trip. Yeah, I I had just tortured myself, and I think uh, like Wednesday or Thursday last week looked up, and they were like three hundred, three twenty, three forty, something like that. And I just knew that they were gonna, you know, at that point we didn't know that's yeah. where I was going. And um, but yeah, I, I I had made plans to go or kind of circle that holiday bowl destination before the season started, but I don't think I'll be making the trip either. Yeah, um, but it's a nice. I think it's a, it's a great time for fans to watch. It's seven o'clock Friday night. Yeah, perfect in game. that regard. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to have good ratings. Uh-huh. I, that's what I know. That's that's a big thing. It's a big. It's a discussion topic I've seen really the last couple of years on Twitter. Is I am not familiar. Who has more? Who has more ratings? Oh, and is that kind of playing into then also how how late the games are? Like yeah. a like a December twenty eighth bowl being exponentially better than a December 26th bowl and yeah. that kind of nonsense. Yeah. That's just people looking for ways to make themselves feel important. That's all that is. That's true. Um, but really, the state of Iowa got two great draws. I mean, two big-name programs are playing against with Iowa State going to Orlando to the Camping World Bowl. Sounds uh, against, like they're pretty close to selling out their allotment because oh, Jamie sure Pollard will. will definitely let you know that. Oh, yeah. And he, he wants good ratings, too. So, um, no, that'll be... If they can, if they can go in and knock off... Knock off Notre Dame. That would I mean, be that, a, that would be a hell of a win. I don't know if yeah. that would be talking about you know in terms of recent certainly recent Cyclone history, but just kind of the lore that I mean. is Cyclone football in terms of rising to the occasion. The, the names don't get any bigger than the Notre Dame. Yeah, no, no joke. Um, as far as Iowa's matchup with USC, I feel like from what I've my initial research, um, good wide receivers, true freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, running game is so-so. Pretty solid passing game. Yeah, defense is pretty undisciplined. Doesn't isn't uh, doesn't set the world on fire. Um, I don't feel like many Pac-12 defenses do, um, but I think it, it's definitely there for the taking. Um, hopefully, Iowa has better. They haven't they haven't fared well out on the West Coast. No. In recent uh, recent time, but um, there's also no McCaffrey playing this time. The, so that's a the, win. The Hawkeyes survived their one McCaffrey encounter yeah. for the season. Yep. By the skin of their teeth, but yep. they did. I was a little bit nervous that Nebraska was going to play McCaffrey a little bit more, just to talk back to that for a second. But on, also on his touchdown pass, should have been a legal man downfield. Oh, yeah. There was a there was an offensive lineman like six yards downfield. Yeah. So that shouldn't have counted either. You're not supposed to be more, like more than more one. More than one. More yeah. than one, which yeah. is a step. Yeah. Past the line of scrimmage. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, another bad day for the refs. Yeah. Um, and so... Bowl games are going to be fun. We'll probably get in kind of a little more in depth in that into our next. We'll do another one before. Yeah, I'm sure we'll probably do like a, a Big Ten bowl preview, yep. maybe some some picks, some, yep. some dark horses, things like that. Yep. Um, last time we uh, were together, though, we uh, talked about Iowa State or Iowa basketball had a big. The sky was falling. Uh, I think. Yeah, we we right. were a little, we were nervous. They were going to. Um, Vegas for was it Vegas? Yeah, yeah. Going out to Vegas for a matchup with a number twelve ranked Texas Tech, and we were kind of nervous it was going to be an ass kicking, and uh, it turned out not to be that. Not only did they cover, they just went out and, and won they, the damn. They thing. flat out won the damn thing over Texas Tech, who, um, as we're recording this right now, with six and a half minutes left in the game, are up by eight over the number one ranked team in the country, 
uh, Louisville Cardinals. Yeah. So Texas Tech no longer ranked as of right now. Yeah. Uh, at five and three, but yeah, given Louisville all they can handle. Definitely. Um, but no, Hawks had a, a nice win over Texas Tech. They looked uh, looked pretty good. I mean. And, and you know, to be honest, I, I think... gotta, I gotta probably, I gotta eat some crow probably over Connor McCaffrey. Yeah, um, I made yeah. some comments on him that were I've I've been pleasantly proven wrong. Um, he's been a hell of a player this year. He's never gonna probably be a big time scorer, but he does everything else exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's shooting a lot more. He, if nothing else, he's being assertive with his with his mm-hmm. uh, shot selection. You know, being more decisive. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but during. Uh, during the game last night, they said, you know, last season I think he had attempted like 29 threes. He's already attempted 20-plus, you know, through the, what, 10 games of mm-hmm. the season so mm-hmm. far. Um, and, and, yeah, this was really a stretch where I think, you know, we, we hope to learn a lot about uh, kind of the makeup of the team. Yep. You know, going out to Vegas, playing against uh, two really solid programs uh, b- between Texas Tech and San Diego State on a neutral floor. Then they had to go all the way across country to – one of the more, uh, you know, talking about you know Notre Dame and and big names and yeah, blue kind bloods of pantheons. <clears throat> it doesn't get any bigger of a venue, literally, than the Carrier Dome. Yep. Uh, in Syracuse, and uh, that that was just a bad team. I mean, yeah. I think that game says more about Syracuse and who they are than who Iowa is necessarily. But go handle but business. What was yeah? That was a hefty. What did they win by out there? It was. Uh... They they won by darn near twenty. Sixty-eight fifty-four. They were up. By, I know they were up by uh, more than by twenty at at certain times. Um, but also Iowa. So Iowa won seventy-two sixty-one over Texas Tech, and then the next night got knocked off by ten. San Diego State, who's now ranked twenty-fifth and still undefeated. Um, and Syracuse that two, uh, next Tuesday night, uh, sixty-eight fifty-four, and then they went to Michigan for Friday. So yeah, that was a hell of a travel week there. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas to, to home, up, upstate to New Syracuse York. to home, then up to Michigan. So a lot those three those all that road trips. Um I feel like kind of caught up with them that Friday night in Ann Arbor where they could score. They but... they were they were in it and you know what to to me that was that it was not a frustrating loss. I think I feel like we we've, we've seen, you know, um games in the last couple of seasons where the the defensive effort wasn't there and uh, you know, the the Hawks tried to, to run and gun with the team um, where, where they knew they were kind of outmanned and they were just trying to keep up. This, this didn't have the feel of they were just trying to okay. keep up. It was more like a back and forth, it felt like. I mean, was it? you know, you're, you're kind of polishing a turd there because they gave up 103 points. But it, it was it was a good showing. I felt like they represented themselves well. Yeah. They, they never gave up. It, it wasn't – there was never a huge margin. They were really within striking distance more or less the entire game. Uh, but you know Michigan's a top five team team for a reason, and uh, you know the Breslin Center is um, no joke. Yeah, I I didn't get to watch any of it. Um, they played them even the second half. I mean, giving up fifty and then fifty three points is not ideal. But uh, obviously, Luca Garza was the player of the game. Uh, yeah, forty four points, and then national player of the week. Yeah, uh, something something. Oscar Robertson, national I think player Oscar of the week. Oscar Robertson, player of the week. First, uh, first. Individual selected uh, in Iowa basketball history to be that uh, to to be given that honor. So yeah, the Michigan game, like I said, we, we kind of looked back on uh, on this stretch uh, in the in the last episode, saying you know you're kind of hoping for maybe two wins mm-hmm. out of this stretch, starting in the Vegas tournament and going through uh, you know the game coming up on on Thursday. But they've already exceeded those expectations between 
you know, last night at Minnesota, taking care of business at Syracuse, perhaps, you know, stealing a win, whatever you want to call it, out in Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've certainly got an opportunity to, um, you know, kind of continue some of that momentum Thursday. In, also, of all places, Hilton Coliseum. Also beat up on the Goofers uh, last night. Minnesota came to Iowa City um, for their second Big Ten matchup. Iowa, from the word go, pretty well. Yeah, handled them. That that was a game, and and it hopefully seemed like uh it was very encouraging because Garza just had a kind of a, a run of the mill double double. If yeah, you're able just, to you call know, it no that. biggie. But uh, you know, I think it, it was pretty clear to anybody who was watching last night that the the light bulb really seemed to go on for Wees Camp last night, and Bohannon didn't score a point for what the first time in his career. Ended up with ten assists and five boards. Uh, said after the game, you know, it was really just a concerted effort to feed the ball to to Wees Camp because he knows that, um, you know, it's going to take. You know, more than kind of a, a one-man showing on the offensive end to to really carry this team throughout the season, particularly considering I don't know if you heard Pete, Jabo might not play after Thursday. It's true, it's true, and I think uh, maybe let's take a break real quick, and we'll come back and we'll kind of dig into the the uh, the Cyhawk matchup here on Thursday night, and uh, maybe what to look for from Jordan Bohannon here the rest of the season. Uh, so we'll be right back after this. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right, it's Cyhawk Week. Again, so feels like it just was. We might need to tell people that it's Cyhawk Week. I don't feel like a lot of people are uh, aware. It's basketball Cyhawk Week. Yeah, a little bit, not not quite. Uh, it's not quite the rager that football no, is. You know, definitely. no no college game day. Both sides, I feel like both Iowa and Iowa State are like, oh yeah, they do play this week. Well, I think it's I think it's kind of a different kind of year for for both programs than it has been. You know, maybe not only just last year, but over the last couple. You know, there, I wouldn't say there's like the the big superstar power necessarily on on either teams. Um, you know, both both similar in a lot of ways, both different in a, in a couple of ways too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be an interesting matchup with Iowa. You know, Iowa's kind of their offense. I feel like everything runs through the inside, runs through Garza. Yeah. I mean, yep. whereas Iowa State, everything's going to be run through Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he's kind of got the keys to the car and runs the show. Um, and he's their leading scorer. And they, but they have quite a few guys right around. You know, the the what three, four guys who are averaging double digits. Yep. Uh, Rasir Bolton is uh, the second leading scorer with fifteen. George Condit. Averages 10. Prentice Nixon averages 10. Solomon Young and Michael Jacobson average 9. So, yeah, they're they're overall really pretty balanced. Um, but everything, I think, starts with with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, for yeah, sure. You bet. Probably his last year at Iowa State, I would guess. He's, he's definitely being talked about as a possible lottery pick. Yeah, yeah, certainly feels like that. So, in that regard, kind of a, a balanced guard-heavy, wing-heavy type of attack from Iowa State where – you know, a lot of different guys can can do damage as opposed to Iowa. It's kind of Garza 1, Wieskamp 1A-ish, 1B-ish, and then, you know, kind of getting a, a contribution here and there from, you know, Frederick, yep. uh, Toussaint, 
Uh, heck, even maybe you know Kreener. Uh, I, I could see having a, a nice role as mm-hmm. a senior. Maybe uh, Pimpsel part- come in and throw a forearm. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah. Pimpsel will hopefully be excited to uh, to play in this game. Um, yeah, because we haven't seen it yet. Feel like, but so I mean, I I think you know once the once the ball goes up Thursday night there in Hilton, uh, I don't think there'll be any love lost. I think the atmosphere will be just fine. People will remember that it's Iowa, Iowa State, and and remember how they. Uh, think they should be feeling or acting. Yep, for sure. Um, I mean, Iowa State, stat-wise, I mean, they're averaging about 82 a game, giving up 70. Um, they have one common opponent, Iowa and Iowa State, in Michigan, or Iowa State played them down in the Bahamas, um, and Iowa had to go to Ann Arbor. Both, I mean, kind of similar. I feel like Iowa State maybe kept it a little bit closer. Yeah, both high-scoring affairs yeah. uh, that ended up in, you know, like nine-point losses or so. Uh, but, yeah, kind of when you look at the – the team stats very similar. Both averaging about eighty points a game, giving up about seventy points a game. Both are, are relatively good shooting teams with uh, field goal percentages in the mid forty percent. Iowa State is only shooting thirty percent from three, which means they're going to hit about fifteen of them probably Thursday night. Yeah, so either they're going to uh, make them all, or uh, yeah, that, that that will be interesting. So Iowa shooting about thirty five percent from three this year. They're both averaging seven per game made. Um, so it's I I feel like this is, it's really a pretty even uh, matchup. I feel like I, I agree, but I also would say that Hilton's Hilton's worth, Hilton's uh, worth at least five points. Yeah, at least. Book. So uh, you know I can I, I would guess I would guess the student section is lining up now probably uh, to to get inside. Crazy craggers, crazy crazy fan base. Um, yeah, I. I it's tough to I don't know which which I would you know it's going to be Bohannon's last game for the year so it, it he's almost, probably going to be coming almost certainly coming out firing literally probably yeah um, I mean you saw how he was against uh, against Michigan State, yeah zero for six and then you know he came back around water found his level but uh, you know he, I think he knows he he probably even uh, especially considering the opponent needs to be. Uh, taking his shots. Yeah, I can see uh, what Ofer the other night against Minnesota, but the dude was active. I mean, they were up. Iowa was up fifteen, and he's diving out of bounds for loose balls, which you're kind of going, dude. <laughs> yeah. You got one bad hip. Don't be jumping on the on the hardwood, you know, trying to do that again. Um, but I don't know if we'll uh, see the fireworks maybe that we saw last year in in uh, Iowa City with uh, Pemsel and what Connor I think was involved in that. And Jacobson. From, Jacobson. Uh, yeah. Cyclone side. Um, so yeah, I don't. That's kind of exciting. What seven o'clock game? I think ESPN two. Yeah, Ken Palm's talking about like a, a four or five point. I think they cyclone I, victory. Yeah, I think I saw like eighty one seventy eight. Yeah, um, it's kind of where it's where they're predicting they're on the the all worldly Ken Palm uh, website. So I would be fine. I I kind of don't think probably the Iowa will pull it out. But yeah, I don't have any expectation of Iowa winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think what you do want to see if you're an Iowa fan coming into this game is for them to have bring that same type of effort that they did, um, you know, in Las Vegas, um, you know, against Michigan uh, in a losing effort, and then you know have have really you know kind of played played to their level because uh, like we said, Syracuse not good, Minnesota is not a good team, but but they took care of business there. Yeah, you know, they, they they didn't they won handily. The, they didn't play to the level of the opponent. It's going to take. As good or better of an effort to, to beat Iowa State, particularly on the road. Uh, but I do think they're up for the challenge. I think in the end they just might fall a little bit short because I think Iowa State is is the better team, has the better players. Now, if they do win, will they maybe get some top 25 votes? 
So right now, what, 7-3? and three? That would get them, I mean, uh, I think the voters know that Syracuse isn't any good. But True. They have a... The Texas Tech win just got a lot better because they did knock <clears throat> off number one Louisville here tonight by 13. Yeah, so you, you beat a, a top 25 team on a neutral court. You play tough at number, what, five, Michigan. Yep. Um, you have a true road win that's going to be looked at as one of those quad one wins, presumably, hopefully, down the road uh, yeah, at you. Syracuse. You beat a conference opponent pretty handily, uh, uh, you know, in terms of Minnesota last yeah. night. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them. They probably know, won't. Others receiving votes. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, if they could get if they could get some votes, I think that would be a a big one because after Thursday's game, they then have nine days off um, before they play Cincinnati on a neutral floor in in Chicago. Um, I think it's at the United Center. I believe so. Yeah, I would guess. Uh, but then, and then one more kind of cupcake before uh, Big Ten play starts. So, yeah, I still don't know how I feel about kind of these early, these early conference I don't games. Like them, in, in where it's kind of segmented and, and split off from, you know, kind of yeah. the, what had been just you, you start conference play, and, and that's how you finish the season, just mm-hmm. going straight through. It, it still doesn't feel. It still feels weird and just disjointed, and I don't know. It's hard for me to keep track. Yeah. Um, who do you think um, Thursday night will be a kind of your your pick to click that's not or that'll play a big role that isn't Luca Garza? I'm going with Joe Tucson, and I'm going to say okay. both both sides of the ball too. I mean, I think uh, he he certainly has shown the ability to affect the game with his uh, with his you know quickness and his defensive prowess. So I think even if he's not scoring the ball, he'll be able to to have an effect. And I think he'll he'll need to you know just based on. You know, kind of that wing heavy, guard heavy lineup that uh, you know Iowa State can roll out. <clears throat> and I think some, you know, similarly on the offensive side of the ball, I love seeing him, you know, get it and just really putting pressure on just the defense. Takes and, and off, pushing the ball up court, and I think you know in time he'll really learn to kind of moderate that and uh, you know find guys at their speed, not his speed, because not everybody can play to his speed. But yep. I'm going to go ahead and say um, Joe Tucson. I think he's he looks forward to to big games and, and to the spotlight and to, to matchups like this. So, um, but I also can see hopefully Frederick uh, is still kind of on the mend because I could see his skill set being very valued in a yeah. game like this too. Yeah, it looked like uh, in last night's game, he just, he didn't have the lift on his jump shot with that quad that's kind of been bothering him. Um, maybe we see a little more out of Bakari Evelyn um, Thursday night also. You think so? um, he hasn't really done a whole lot. He hasn't really done a whole Hit lot. Hit a couple shots, but... Maybe he can come in and play some good defense. He might be a guy that could uh, that could be good on Halliburton with Halliburton's size. Um, Tucson could be could kind of be that guy also kind of annoy yeah, that Halliburton kind of, kind of a little bit. Defender. Just be kind of a, a gnat that just... I'd love to see Creener kind of mix it up. And I mean, this, yeah. this is last time playing. Creener and Jacobson. Yeah. Get those big white guys and their bad hair down in the post <laughs> going at it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's his last shot at the Cyclones mm-hmm. as, as the, the real lone senior. He is the lone senior, isn't he? That's um that's very true now because Bohannon will probably get to play Iowa State now what five times yep. in his career yep don't know that that probably uh, is quite unique um but I definitely think he's gonna come out shooting I'm sure Pemsel will be looking to mix shit up like he always does yep especially with Iowa State yeah it's no doubt considering kind of how things how the game ended up last year I wonder I I, I would guess you're probably we're probably gonna see McCaffrey on uh, Halliburton to start. That would be so? my, I, I mean, size wise, I feel like they match up better. Connor, Connor's definitely a bigger guard. They're both they're both they're both six five. I think I believe. Yeah, Halliburton's a six five guard. So, um, 
I think it. Uh, it's. I, I think, think it's Fred, gonna be fun. I think uh, Frederick's a pretty solid wing defender too. And I think oh, for sure, yeah. I, and he kind of takes pride. Him. I think he takes a little more pride in his defense than anybody else, and he kind of wants to be a lockdown guy. Um, so, do we want to uh, predict this game? I'll uh, yeah, or, or I'll, call it call a shot. I'll I'll say close game, well contested game. Um, I'm going with a cyclone victory. Doesn't feel good to say, um, but I'll, I'll say something like. 78 71 cyclones tell you what we're going to front row steak night thursday night at front row it's a good time yeah let's go hawks we're gonna get a w i'm all for it i hope i'm wrong give me uh give me iowa 83 77 83 that's that's a big number but i'll take it i mean they they can they can put up the points everybody knows that i like it i'm probably gonna be horribly wrong but Ain't no shame in it. Right. You, you got to believe it before it can happen. And plus, there's there's so many games in basketball, nobody remembers what you predict. Yeah, exactly. So who really cares about By this that? this time next week, we'll have all forgotten about this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big uh, big Cyhawk week. I don't really think we got much else to talk. The Heis- big Heisman Trophy this Saturday. Um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely Joe Burrows to gonna lose. Probably going to be Joe Burrows for whatever and, and reason. I feel like, you know, he probably really solidified it with the SEC championship yep. game. Like, big... Georgia won the the Heisman for Joe Burrow. Yeah, they looked like it, shit. It feels like. Sorry, Dan. But I mean, he's he's well deserving. Yeah, I'm still I'm still annoyed with the lack of respect for Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. from Wisconsin. The dude is he's 325 yards from the all time rushing record, and I don't know. He's just he's too consistently good. I, I the Heisman I just feel like is so veered towards now the best player on the top. Four teams, yeah, rather than and the best pretty, player overall. And it's always kind of had an inherent quarterback slant yeah. to it too. Um, actually, before the season, I, I put a I think two dollars and fifty cents down on Jonathan Taylor to win the Heisman, and sprinkled a little bit of money on Jalen Hurts. So at least one of my guys is going to be there representing New York in the Final I mean, Four. The dude, I, I feel like the two Ohio State guys cancel each other out. Yep, you're probably. not going to give it to either Ohio State guy, and yep. and Hurts certainly has you know kind of the, the total package numbers in terms of. Passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns, but yep. I think it's going to be hard to argue with, you know, the the sexy, good-looking quarterback on the number one team in the country. It's true. Um, and the guy who tried to go to Nebraska and Nebraska said no. Yeah, that is, that is fantastic. George Kittle, you see George Kittle trolling on uh, on Twitter. So somebody you know quoted that about uh, Burroughs talking to the Nebraska coaching staff and basically having a question whether he was better than who they have there. and You think he's better than who we got? Uh, George Kittle just replied GBR and some smiley faces. God bless George Kittle. Uh, he, he truly is a national treasure that should be protected at all costs. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. Yeah, but I think I'm, so I'm holding out hope that Jalen Hurts might sneak in there. And Yeah, I mean, like you said, Jonathan Taylor, I think if Wisconsin's even a, a one-loss team, yeah, um, or, or a two-loss team perhaps even, that he, he's there at least as a finalist. But, yeah, the fact that he's been – um, the left dude, off. It, he's averaged a glaring omission. He's averaged two thousand yards a season That's in a, his first three years. Insane. If he comes back next year, he will absolutely demolish the all-time the rushing record, considering he's only three hundred yards off of it right now. Um, yeah, he, he he could probably break that. I don't know who Wisconsin plays week one next year. Yeah, but he could he could probably break that in the in the I first mean, hell, if, if, if he gets loose against Wisconsin or against Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Very true. I mean, that's he's he's had big games like that before. Um, but his other other awards um, with a Hawkeye slant, Keith Duncan, hopefully will be winning the Lou Groza Award 
Thursday night. Thursday night. Nate Cading is handing it out. Yes, being presented by Nate Cading. You feel like there's maybe they know a little something there. A little tip of the cap there, I would imagine. So, hint, hint. uh, I'm going to say Keith Duncan wins. Probably Keith Duncan, uh, um, a new, as the Lou Groza Award winner, the first one since Nate Cading in 2002. Which is just wild to think about because I always had just a a great run of steady kickers. You you felt good about them every time they're out there. You know, Mm -hmm. Miguel. Marshall Kane both had their own big moments mm-hmm. and walk off field goals. Yep. And for uh, you know Duncan to be the guy who kind of had that moment, took a back seat for a couple of years. You know has been paying his own way as as you know widely publicized and reported on recently, and now to be uh, you know given a scholarship along with who Kyler Shot, Duncan, and there's a Jack third Kerner. one. Yes, Jack Kerner after yep. the Nebraska game. Uh, you know couldn't be happier for those guys. So. And also, uh, in speaking of Keith Duncan, Chad Lysico in the Register wrote a great article about Keith Duncan and his and whole, his journey of sticking it out. And mm-hmm. his parents, after his freshman year, when he got lost the job, his parents wanted him to transfer somewhere else. But he'd made such good relationships with and made friends with so many other players that he didn't want to leave. Wow. And, I mean, his parents have racked up some serious six-figure debt. Because I think out of state Iowa tuition is about forty thousand a year. Yeah, it's, it's no joke. So I mean, it's it's a really great article if you have time to go check that out um, on uh, Des Moines Register's website or Hawk Central. Um, and also make sure you go check out the TailgateSociety.com. A lot of fun articles there. A lot of fun podcasts. You can go to our page and check out past podcasts. Um, also make sure you go out and get you some dead odd barbecue sauce. Uh, another holiday coming up where we overeat as uh, as a society. I've had I've had two holiday parties at work this week already. I have, it's, I have, it's Tuesday. I have, I have one on Thursday. I've had, I've had two in in two days. And you know what? You could use some dead eye barbecue sauce. I could have because you know what I'm I taking. Dry ass meatballs needed some barbecue See? sauce. Uh, that's what I'm. That's we have a grab bag gift exchange on Thursday. Somebody's getting dead eye barbecue sauce. Wow. Yeah. Somebody very lucky. Yeah. Exactly. So we'll be back here next week. Yeah. Ish. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Stuff and Things Pod. We have a Facebook page, but Facebook kind of sucks. So yeah, that's just for the old people where yeah. we put you know really nice stuff. Where we we really live on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter Twitter is our lifeblood, um, and where you can find us. And no Iowa sim for the Cyhawk basketball matchup. No, so no, nothing uh, there. But uh, yeah, so we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully after some a big Iowa Cyhawk victory. Stop down to Front Row too. If yeah, you're in the Des Moines area. Front Row steak night is fantastic. So if you have a, if you're out and about looking for something to watch the game, bucks. Steak, I think it's ten bucks. Steak, baked potato, baked potato, salad, salad bar, bread, garlic bread. Yep, we love it. My wife loves it. Don't you? She's the best. I love front row. It's so great. But um, till then, uh, we'll talk to you later. Go Hawks. Love you guys.